Garden Basics with Farmer Fred is brought to you by Smart Pots, the original, lightweight, long-lasting fabric plant container. It's made in the USA. Visit smartpots.com slash Fred for more information and a special discount. That's smartpots.com slash Fred. Welcome to the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast. If you're just a beginning gardener or you want good gardening information, well, you've come to the right spot. Today, we find out more details about using a certain fabric plant container in your garden. Well, of course, it's Smart Pots, which is no ordinary fabric container. Did you know they come in a wide variety of sizes and they can stay much cooler in the summer heat versus other plant containers? And we'll find out why Smart Pots are perfect for the organic gardener. The plant of the week? It's something a little different today. It's a water plant, the beautiful and fragrant Chinese lotus. It's all on episode 117 of the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast. Brought to you today by SmartPots and Dave Wilson Nursery. And we'll do it all in under 30 minutes. Let's go. We like to answer your questions here on the Garden Basics podcast. Dave sends us an email and uh, Dave has a lot of questions about SmartPots. He says, how about a SmartPot episode? How big of a SmartPot do I need for tomatoes, for carrots, for watermelon, for lettuce, for blueberries, for flowers? Are bulbs possible? What soil can I put in it? Where do I put the pots? Can I sit them on bark, on concrete, on dirt, on bricks? My raised beds have lots of tree roots. Can I set the smart pots on top of these beds? Can I dig them into the beds? Do I use stakes? Do I use cages? Can I puncture them for stakes or cages? What's the best way to water them? Is it too late to start a smart pot garden right now? What about fall vegetables? If I put blueberries in a smart pot, how long can they stay in the pot? Do I need to repot them each year, each decade? I just have a couple of thoughts, says Dave. Dave, you may want to switch to decaffeinated coffee. Anybody who's listened to us for any length of time know that we are big fans of Smart Pots, and Smart Pots is a fabric plant container that is superior to all the others. I've been a fan of theirs for, what, going on six years now. I still have my original Smart Pots and still use them. And so Dave's got a lot of questions that... Uh, I think I'd rather uh, throw into the lap of the people at Smart Pots. So let's talk with Jeff Arnold from Smart Pots. And Jeff, Dave has a lot of questions, but I would imagine these are questions that you get every day. Fred, it's uh, it's crazy, but uh, yeah, Dave, I thank you for all the questions, and and we have our, our info um, email address set up off of our website, and and we receive dozens of questions like this daily, if not hourly. We can we can help you and answer all these questions either here or you can email us or you can call us. The one great thing about SmartPots, we're a locally owned company. We're we're owned here in the U.S. Everything is manufactured uh, in Oklahoma City. We have a facility which is where I'm located right now that employs almost 200 people, and and every single SmartPot is made right here in the good old USA. So we can help you with all these yeah. questions and take care of Dave's. Dave's issues. Well, I guess the easy answer would be if you go to smartpots.com, you can probably find all the answers you need to those questions on the FAQ page. This is correct. And and if, they, if the answer is not there, uh, there's an email address, there's a phone number. You're welcome to call us. You're welcome to email us. And, you know, we typically are pretty good about we will get back to somebody usually within 24 hours. 
with any questions or answers to any questions, whether it's by phone or by email. So one of the questions I would like to answer on this uh, missive from Dave, he asks, is it too late to start a smart pot garden right now? Dave, it's never too late to start a garden. My heavens. And actually, in, in my experience with smart pots, Jeff, I've found that they're great emergency pots as the season goes on. For instance, a couple of days ago, I was uh, pruning back a, a few tomato plants just to uh, clear out the pathways. And then I noticed that there was a pepper plant planted between two tomato plants and the tomatoes had gotten so big that the pepper plant wasn't getting enough sunlight. So I immediately dug out that pepper plant and put it into an extra smart pot I had with some good potting soil and put it into a full sun location. So it's always a good idea to keep some smart pots around for, for emergencies just like that. And I, I'm sure that uh, in your experience, uh, Jeff, you're finding that people are planting just about everything in, in smart pots. Uh, Fred, we hear uh, on a daily basis, it's anything from tomato plants to orchids to bonsai peppers, trees, you know, the, the one nice thing about a smart pot is you literally can plant anything in it. When we were originally founded back in the early 80s, uh, you know, the, the container was basically only used for trees and uh, that was its sole purpose and it's evolved over the years and people do their herb gardens, their I grow some bamboo, Japanese maples. I mean, you know, you can do anything. Um, a smart pot is designed to help a plant grow healthier. It, it, it gets that root mass stronger, healthier. So anything that you can grow in a hard-sided container or in the ground, you can grow in a smart pot. I am amazed at the strength of smart pots. Now, these are fabric containers, so they, they breathe quite easily. And you'd think after being in the garden year after year after year, if I went to move a smart pot with the plant and the soil, that it would just fall apart. It doesn't. It stays together. Even these smart pots that I've had for six years now, if I need to move it, I do not fear at all lifting that smart pot and moving it to wherever I need it. They are very sturdy extremely sturdy and it's taken you know many years we've we've been in this business for over 30 years and the current owner of the company his father was actually the individual that designed this technology working with um a couple of universities here in Oklahoma and and developing the fabric and developing the the product but um over the years we've we've obviously learned by our mistake and you know we've developed a product that's extremely durable that designed to hold up in the elements of the, everything from the fabric to the thread, put it through some pretty rigorous testing to make sure that it doesn't break down in the UV. It, it holds up in, in weather conditions. It's not affected by any environmental issues. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, people think of it as just a fabric pot and you know, you don't realize the energy that we put into making sure that that fabric pot is going to last you for years. We're always looking at making sure our, you know, our stitching on our seams is strong. The thread is good. The, every, every aspect of it, we double check, triple check uh, and make sure when it leaves this plant that it's of the quality we expect for our products. Anyone who has listened to the podcast for any length of time knows that I will uh, get on a rant or two about containerized plants in the summertime and how the temperature of the soil on a 90 degree or 100 degree day 
can reach 140 degrees, and that's almost instant death for a plant in a container, unless you're watering it maybe two or three times a day. With the, the smart pots, what's great is that temperature is a lot less, and you even have a college study to back that up. We do. Um, we do, and we're actually in the process of uh, working with a couple more universities in different parts of the country, but um, we do a lot of work with um, Florida State. We have some professors down there that, that test our products. And yes, you know, we're in, we're in the process of, of, of a pretty good study, big study with them, uh, testing not only the, the temp, the soil temperatures, but the runoffs. And, um, you know, something I'll kind of, I'll tease your listeners with is that, you know, what we have found and we're we're trying to do some more research on it and get some more data when you do water with a smart pot the water that is that does get expelled that the plant doesn't use if it's overwatered or whatever when the water is expelled the fabric is actually almost acting as a, a mini filtration system so when you're in areas of parts of the country like Florida where they're really concerned about runoff fertilizer runoff and you're actually able to produce a product that will filter some of that fertilizer or the bulk of that fertilizer out when that water runs off pretty incredible because it's not going into your watersheds and it's not uh, you know polluting and causing problems in lakes streams oceans so you know one of the many things we do in the R&D side is work with these universities throughout the country and ask them to study the product and, and um you know, Florida has come up with a, a lot of information for us on how this te the temperature in these pots, in some cases, is as much as 10 or 15 degrees cooler in the summertime, and it can be 10 to 15 degrees warmer in the spring. So it allows your plant to come to size quicker because it's it's a warmer temperature in the pot than what's in the ground. And then in the summertime, you're cooling that root structure. And one of my guys on my sales team actually refers to the inside of a smart pot as like an evaporative cooler. You get in that air and light that's going through that that fabric and into that soil where the soil's moist and it creates that cooling effect on the root structure. So there's a lot of technology. Again, it's not just a fabric pot. There's technology built into it to help that plant grow bigger, healthier, and, and for you, obviously, to be more successful as a gardener. One thing that people, I'm sure, have noticed when they grow plants in containers that if they set that container with a plant and soil on the ground, sometimes those plant roots will grow through the drain holes, and before you know it, there's water standing in that pot because the drain holes are clogged. How does a, a fabric planter like a smart pot, how does it avoid that problem? The fabric that we use is designed to do what they call air pruning the plants and the root structure. When you plant in a smart pot, and I always tell people if you go into, especially the, they're notorious, the big box stores are notorious for stuff that's just overgrown and, and they bring it to size quickly. If you pull your plant out of a hard-sided container, you have those circling roots. That's not healthy for the plant. It can strangle the plant. It does. It causes a lot of issues, and, and it's not going to allow you to have a real successful grow. A smart pot, when you put a plant in a smart pot, the roots go to the sidewalls or to the bottom, and they will actually, the very tip, the microscopic tips of the plants can penetrate that fabric 
But when the fabric works in connection with the, the light and the, the sun and the heat, it'll actually burn that tip and force that tip back inside of that, the, the fabric, and you're going to create more feeder roots. So rather than one or two dominant circling roots, you're creating, as I always like to say, a Santa Claus beard <laughs> of, of roots. You know, there's a lot of fine white roots that are going to be uh, help the uptake of the plant, help the nutrients, help the water being brought in. It makes the plant more efficient. So that's how the fabric really works. It just keeps those root in there and it keeps that plant happy and it keeps those plant those, those roots producing and, and they're getting light air water so it makes a much healthier plant than if you have a hard-sided container where they're just looking for an escape route those roots are just trying to like you said they're trying to find a way out and they will go through the drain holes we've all seen plants that have an aggressive root structure that can actually split the side of a plastic container i mean that's very common in bamboos or things like that but you just don't have that happen with a fabric pot because those, that fabric pot actually root prunes those plants and keeps them contained. But that Santa Claus beard effect of roots along the bottom, that does not impede drainage, though, correct? No, absolutely not. The whole container is actually designed to expel water that the plant's not going to use. You're never sitting in water. Soil is never mushy because the, the way the fabric is designed to allow that air in to allow the, the water that the plant doesn't need out. And the, the plant, the water can go out the sides, it can go out the bottom. And you're, like I said, you're constantly getting that airflow through there. So it's keeping everything healthy and happy. And as you mentioned, you can grow just about anything in a smart pod. What's the range of sizes of smart pots? We manufacture everything from one gallon size to thousand gallon sizes. Um, and thousand gallons are like small condos. Uh, they're huge. <laughs> And we pretty much everything in between. And we also do fabric raised beds that are rectangular. We just came out with a, a new product uh, this last year called the Urban Raised Planter. And what those are is they're a, a, a planter that you build a PVC frame around and you can actually trellis and, and do a number of different things with them. And those come in uh, three different sizes. The great thing about a smart pot, though, Fred, is that if I have a customer that has a specific need, uh, we'll custom make anything, any size, as long as it's feasible, as long as we know we can engineer it and, and build it and create it. So we, we have customers all over the, the world that have specific needs for their, their greenhouses, have specific needs for their tree farms. Um, even specific needs for their home gardens. And they call us and say, hey, can you manufacture something that's this size? Great thing about us is, is it doesn't really matter. We can do one. If you had a custom size you wanted us to do, we can do one of them or we can do 10,000 of them. Uh, we're not, you know, a factory that puts a restriction on it. The, the size and, and the shape are limitless, really, to what you can do with these with these containers. And we should point out, too, they come in decorator colors. We do. We just created and and, and introduced last year a, a part of our line called Vivid Colors. And uh, we have a bright orange, a, a purple, um, a blue. Uh, we also, our standard colors in our line are a forest green, a, a natural, which is kind of a, a tan beige. It has some black fiber in, infused in it. And then, our, of course, our tried and true, which is the black container. 
And one thing I do want to tell everybody is every one of our containers are UV protected. So they're going to last in the sun. Our thread is UV protected and it's also a marine type thread that is uh, impervious to salt. And, you know, that won't break down. And then the big thing for me is, you know, we use zero chemicals. Our, our fabric is all what I call virgin fabric. We don't use any recycled material in it. So when you're growing organically, there's never a chance of, of a heavy metal or a chemical uh, transferring to your plant that would be in the container. So if you're using organic soil and you're using organic fertilizers and you want to make sure you're having a true organic experience, uh, SmartPod is going to give you that, and we have data to back that claim up. We have MSDS sheets that show we have zero uh, heavy metals and, and zero chemicals in our product. And what is the best way to care for a smart pot during the off-season? Let's say you grow your summer vegetable garden in smart pots and you decide you don't want a fall garden for whatever bad reason you have for not wanting a fall garden. So you empty the smart pot. How do you clean it? How do you care for it? Where do you store it? The best thing to do with with smart pots is have a uh, tub of like some warm water and you can either use vinegar or you can use OxyClean and just rinse them out really well, kind of swish them around, give them a, a hand wash in, in, in that, you know, in the, in the tub, and then hang them up and allow them to dry thoroughly, fold them up and put them on the shelf in your garage, and they're ready to go next year. If you do choose to leave them out over the winter, which I, I'm the guy that does that, I just pull my plants out and I leave it in and I'll revitalize my soil next year. They're fine. They're not going to be affected by the winter. You know, even the coldest of weather is not going to affect the fabric. Now, certainly you can order smart pots online from Amazon and, and other uh, online locations, but also they're available at something like, what, 2,000 retailers across the U.S.? Yes, actually, it's about 3,000 oh. retailers across throughout the world. You can go onto our website and put in your zip code, and we'll tell you what retailers in the in your area carry our product. We also have uh, smartpots.com. You can go on, and there's a portal on there where you can order them from. And as I said, we're my office overlooks the uh, the loading docks, and I've, I've got some containers down there right now that are being loaded and heading to Saudi Arabia, of all places where we have a huge presence in Kuwait, Dubai. Um, so, yeah, we're all over the world. If we're not in a location, I always tell customers, go in and tell them you want to carry, they, you want to buy SmartPod. In most cases, retailers will, will give us a call and see how they can purchase them and bring them in. If we're not in your local garden center, ask them for us, and, and you know, hopefully they'll give us a call. As well as Ace Hardware and True Value stores, too. Ace Hardware, True Value, also Tractor Supply, um, Nationwide, Do It Best. You know, we're well represented out there in most local garden centers in, in most areas carry our product or have access to our product. They range from one gallon to a thousand gallons, custom size pots, handles, no handles, wallflower pots, compost sacks, transplants, big bag bed raised bed gardens, and a lot more. It's Smart Pots. Visit them online, smartpots.com. I appreciate the fact that they uh, are one of our sponsors here on the Garden Basics podcast. It's a quality product. And like I, I say in the ad, uh, they click all the boxes I look for when uh, searching for advertisers. It's a product I like. It's a product I use. It's a product I would buy again. And Smart Pots fills the bill in all situations like that. Jeff Arnold's with Smart Pots. Jeff, thanks for telling us about Smart Pots. 
Fred, thank you for having me. And uh, as I said earlier, I've, I've enjoyed listening to you for many, many years. So uh, it's a pleasure being on your show. Are you thinking of growing fruit trees? Well, you probably have a million questions like which fruit trees will grow where I live? What are the tastiest fruits? How do I care for these trees? The answers are nearby. They're just a click away with the informative fruit tube video series at DaveWilson.com. That's Dave Wilson Nursery, the nation's largest grower of fruit trees for the backyard garden. They've got planting tips, taste test results, links to nurseries in your area that carry Dave Wilson fruit trees. Your harvest to better health begins at DaveWilson.com. We like to answer your garden questions here on the Garden Basics Podcast, and we want to hear your voice, too. So please leave an audio question, and you can do that without making a phone call. Do it via SpeakPipe at speakpipe.com slash gardenbasics. It's easy. Give it a try. You can call and leave a question via the telephone as well at 916-292-8964. 916-292-8964. So here's a little incentive to either leave a voice message at speakpipe.com slash gardenbasics or call and leave a question at 916-292-8964. If we use your audio question on any episode during the month of July, you will get, courtesy of the great folks at SmartPots, a free SmartPots six-foot-long raised bed fabric planter. So again, call us with your garden question, 916-292-8964, or go to speakpipe.com slash gardenbasics. That's one word, Garden Basics. And you can record your question there online. And if we use your question during the month of July on the Garden Basics podcast, you're getting a free Smart Pot raised bed planter. So come on, join in the garden fun here on the Garden Basics podcast. Here on the Garden Basics podcast, we like to bring in the Superintendent Emeritus of the UC Davis Arboretum and Public Garden, Warren Roberts, with the Plant of the Week. And we've got a real floater for you today. Uh, this is a water plant that can grow just about any place in the country, and it's a very special lotus. And Warren, tell us about it. Well, this is a plant that, you, uh, that looks kind of like a water lily, but it's not related to them at all. And it's called uh, the lotus. Uh, this is the lotus um, that is uh, famous in the uh, the Buddhist religion, and uh, also uh, has is grown uh, widely in in China, Japan, Korea, and other uh, places like that. Well, Thailand too. It is in bloom now, at least uh, right right now at the end of June, first part of July, and blooms on through the through the summer. Uh, the flowers are about the size of an American softball. They're big, and the petals are beautifully uh, oval-shaped in a, in a wonderful composition, with uh, golden stamens in the middle and a very uh, interest, a very interesting-looking uh, center. The stigma and the, uh, the the plant, the part that's going to produce the seed, is an upside-down cone uh, with. Um, sort of flat surface with little dots all over it. And that's where the seed are produced. Hmm. The flowers are held, the flower and leaves are held above the water. So unlike a water lily where the flowers and the, and the leaves are floating on the water, these are held up above the above the water. And uh, I usually 
uh, three or four feet above the water. In fact, we have in California a number of ponds where they're they're spectacular right now. Uh, just uh, two days ago, ago, I saw the one in William Land Park in Sacramento, and I uh, visited actually with the 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 person who planted it, uh, Daisy Ma, who is a, a native of Sacramento County, and she planted the planted it in a planter, but it escaped and it took over the whole pond. But <laughs> there were about a hundred people there uh, uh, enjoying the lotus, taking pictures, taking pictures of themselves with the flowers, and I remember. A wonderful experience in Thailand, uh, visiting friends, members of the royal family, actually. And we went to a, a ceremony where you hold a uh, lotus blossom in one hand and you make a clockwise, two so- clockwise circumambulations of the temple. Then you go inside and hear the uh, the monks w- with doing the chanting. But the lotus flower, the idea there is you have this perfection, this most gorgeous flower, and it has its roots in the mud. Yes. In other words, out of the mud comes this this gorgeous beauty. It dies down in the winter, and it comes back the next spring, and the seeds can last more than a thousand years in, in dried mud. Uh, palace gardens that have been abandoned, they found some seed and grew them. I remember that was in the 1950s when I was a kid. This There was an article in in Life magazine way back when. Um, the Another good thing about the plant is the seeds, the mature seeds are edible. Uh, Nucifera means it's something that bears nuts, and these seeds are starchy, kind of like like chestnuts, I guess. Oh, okay. And they're often they're cooked in, in soups and special uh, ceremonies. And then the roots, uh, which are, if you slice them, they have a, a, a cross-section, they have uh, uh, holes in the kind of like a Swiss cheese <laughs> of vegetables, and these can be sliced and cooked and then served with usually in a savory condition with uh, soy sauce, toasted sesame sauce, a little maybe chili pepper oil and sesame seeds. It's one of my favorite snacks, really, and they're beautiful. They're about two inches across and circular with these elegantly spaced holes. My so mouth is of, burning. <laughs> yes, well, it it is really delicious. It's one of the, if a restaurant has it, often Japanese restaurants do. Uh, it is a real treat. So it's not only beautiful to the eyes, but also pleasing to the palate. And there is an American species too, a North American species, uh, Nalumbo lutea, which is native to the Southeast U.S. And it's a much smaller plant. And the flowers are a pale yellow, very beautiful. I think there are hybrids between the two now. Did you mention mm-hmm. that this plant is a show for the nose? It has a nice fragrance, too. Yeah. My, now, my own nose, my 80-year-old nose, <laughs> uh, the ability to enjoy and, and, and notes uh, fragrances has been compromised. But I did ask my, my friends uh, the other day, if there was a fragrance and they smelled it and they, their eyes opened bright and they had smiles and said, yes, it has a nice fragrance. Ah. And, and the flowers colors of the, of the uh, Nalumbo nucifera, the lotus, uh, range all the way from almost pure white to almost red, magenta red, and in between. Mm. If people don't have a pond, how can they grow this plant? I think if you could, if you're in wine country or you can get a hold of a wine barrel and bury it and keep it wet, put uh, some, I think you put some mud 
in the in the in it or the soil, and then fill it about halfway of water. Plant your uh, your nalemo. Uh, I think it would work out work out for you. But every uh, I suppose two or three years, you'd have to, have to excavate the whole thing, divide it, and plant it back. Otherwise, it would crowd crowd itself out. Yeah, the, the leaves are just magnificent. They look kind of like nasturtium leaves, but much bigger. The whole the whole ensemble is really really stunning and and worth it. Uh, you'd want to have it in full sun, though. I think. Ah. The Nalumbo nucifera, also known as the Indian or Chinese lotus, as you mentioned, those uh, leaves and flowers can get, what, three to six feet above the surface of the water? Yes, they can. Oh, another use is of the leaves. Uh, in China, a kind of a, um, a, I don't know, a burrito or tamale is made with uh, rice and cooked meat or other savory substances and then wrapped in steam. So another use. <laughs> hmm. Okay, there you go. Something that, uh, in, in my Polish heritage, it would be cabbage leaves. Yes, it would. But And you would be able to eat the cabbage leaves. Yes. The, 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 the lotus leaves, no, but oh. it does a, kind of like the corn husks on a, on a tamal. Ah, okay, there we go. It's it's the lotus, you can grow one, and it's, again, the botanical name, Nalumbo. Do it again, Fred. And the botanical name is Nalumbo... <clears throat> Do it a third time, Fred. And the and the botanical name is Nalumbo nucifera, the Indian or Chinese lotus. So we got a little wet with Warren today on the plant of the week, the lotus. Warren Roberts of the UC Davis Arboretum and Public Garden. Find out more about the Arboretum. Visit them online at arboretum.ucdavis.edu. And if you're going to be traveling uh, to California, get on up to Davis and, and take a stroll. Warren Roberts, always a pleasure. Thanks for the plant of the week. You're welcome, Fred. My pleasure. Garden Basics comes out every Tuesday and Friday. It's brought to you by Smart Pots. Garden Basics is available wherever podcasts are handed out, and that includes Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, Google, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and Pocket Casts. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and leaving comments. We appreciate it.